and then they saw me in a bra, and that was it. What's going on, Pearl Jam nerds? You're listening to Single Podcast Theory. I'm Brad Lyons. And I'm Brad Blazek. Been dancing my ass off all week. Yeah, dude. I've <laughs> Not been really. fixing and filing things all week. <laughs> With your dicks? Yes. Yep. Uh, been... I, I, don't, I don't know if <laughs> I want you to continue. Go ahead, though. <laughs> With my growing dick. Uh there it is. I mean, <laughs> dick jokes with Brad. I wasn't, B. Gonna, I wasn't gonna do it, but if you've never listened to us before, we are an all Pearl Jam podcast. We are on episode one twenty two, and of course, this is the first episode back since they released the single "Dance of the Clairvoyance." So we're gonna be digging in deep on that today because it feels real fucking good to be talking about a new Pearl Jam song. Totally. It feels different than when Can't Deny Me came out. Yeah, because you know it's part of a record. Yeah, that was kind of a that was like a surprise, and this time they we kind of we knew there was a single coming, you know, and we know there's an album coming behind it. Right. Where Can't Deny Me was like a surprise, and they said from the forthcoming album, but that's all they said. Right. So. And that turned out to be a lie. Right. Which I'm glad they didn't put Can't, Demi- <laughs> yeah. Can't Deny Me on the record. I would have felt yeah, me too. just a tiny bit gypped on that one. But Yeah, totally. All right, we're going to get into to all that good stuff. But first, we're going to get into some emails. Correct? Uh, yes. Yes. So, we so confident. We're so confident in the order of our show. I know <laughs> yeah, we sound sorry. really put together when you guys listen to us, but yeah, it's a goddamn very professional. Mess. We're very, we're very professional. professional. Um, <laughs> who's going first? I will start. All right, with Matt, Matt Massey. Hey guys, so the new single. Very curious to hear your guys' thoughts. I think that I can separate my extreme love for this band and be honest about their music if it's something I don't dig that much. Hi, Sirens. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll tell you, I absolutely love this song. It's such a divergence for the band. I'm a bit blown away that they made this so far into their career. I'm relieved, actually. While I do like their last two records, it felt like they were slipping quickly into a quote-unquote classic rock band sound. That isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it can be boring or generic if your new music sounds like this immediately upon first listen. There's been people on the message board dogging Matt's drum sound, but this was obviously done on purpose to give it a new wavy sound that the rest of the song has. It fits the song. Great jagged guitars by Mike, and Ed, that dude still has it after all these years. I hope for the people that aren't into this song at least can appreciate that the band that we all love is taking chances and not putting out a retread of past albums. We don't need a 10-2 or Vitology 2. I'm super stoked to hear the rest of this album. Also wanted to mention that I felt like a teenager again when I was staying up later than usual just to hear the new single. I'm grateful that a band that I became a fan of that long ago still gets me excited for new music, and the music delivers. 
a couple other non-Dance of the Clairvoyance things. Enjoyed listening to you guys cover 10 again. The first time you did was so long ago. Even Flow to me is so weird because I'm not a f- huge fan of the 10 version, but the re-recorded version is my is is in my top 10 of all time. My 10 playlist is the uh, Brendan O'Brien mixes of everything else and the re-recorded Even Flow in place of the album track. And the talk about the ticket issues with the emails gave me flashbacks to the nightmare that was the Pearl Jam 20 ticket sale or F5 gate. Not sure if you guys tried for those or remember, but the whole site crashed when tickets went on sale, and I believe they ended up delaying the sale for a few days. Many of us were on the site hitting F5 to refresh for hours on end with the initial sale. It was super stressful. I was sure that I wasn't going, but it all worked out in the end. Talk to you guys later. Looking forward to your thoughts on the single, Matt Massey. Yeah, man. Well, we've got one vote uh, in the positive for the single from Matt. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I feel uh, I agree with pretty much everything he said. So cool. And I stayed up late. I was off the next day. Thankfully, I think it was was it Tuesday night or Wednesday night. Yeah, I can't remember what night it was. It was was Tuesday night, eleven o'clock here. That's right. Central Central Time. So I stayed up, and uh, they played it on. like Pearl Jam Radio on Sirius XM, and I stayed up to listen to it. So I listened to it like ten times as I was like trying to fall asleep. <laughs> you yeah, know, I, I pulled it up on my on my Apple TV in the living room and yeah, played it through the stereo as soon as 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 it was available or whatever. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So yeah, yeah, I remember Pearl Jam twenty the tickets. I did not go, but I was like real. Um, uh up to date with like the board and like people posting and it was it was insanity just reading along to everybody trying to figure out those tickets right so i felt i felt for them well so far so i mean other than the uh the email that everyone got saying yeah um it's been i don't know it's working pretty well this time i want to find out where the fuck yeah there's a there's a very vocal, loud vocal minority of people. We'll get into it here in a little bit. Okay. But there's there's a few extremely loud voices very pissed off at the band and Ticketmaster over the the pre-sale and 10 club sale and uh, public sale. And we'll get into that in a minute. Okay. But <laughs> all right, I didn't know about this. I was going to learn about. I didn't know I, I was going to learn about some new controversy. Oh, dude! Oh boy! Yeah, you need to you need to get online, bro. Uh, <laughs> why it's more fun to let you um, hear it through here? You you dude, I I envy you so much. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because it's mean? like ignorance. Ignorance is bliss. Like yeah, you, you don't even you don't even read all the shit that goes on on the on the forum and on Facebook all day for all week. Nope, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't. Not You're in a mean off, way. Dude. I just don't. No, I just I don't know. care. Like, I I tr- I, don't, I don't want to care. I wish I could not care. <laughs> you enjoy it a little bit. Come on. Just a little I, bit. It, 
yeah, it, it gets me going. Gets my blood going. Yeah, I bet. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't. I'm barely hanging on to my Instagram page, man. Everything else is gone. Remember so. the corn dog thing with Sonic? Whoa, do you remember what that was? I made a stupid, silly comment about. Remember the corn dog thing with <laughs> Sonic? <laughs> remember a girl went to like she got hit by a car at Sonic, and I made a stupid comment about corn dogs, and like the whole family attacked me. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember that. <laughs> I'm sure somebody remembers. Anyway, all right. Let's. Let's. What do we got next? <laughs> <laughs> this is quality content right here. I made a silly comment about like the corn dogs were like two for a dollar. I love something. that you double down. We and, were out. Well, well, listen, we were out no. of the conversation. <laughs> we were done with it. I, I was I, about to I, read an email from Jason Barker, <laughs> and as soon as I, I just, took a breath I, I to start reading, to you snap back into it. <laughs> There was a girl that worked at Sonic, and I think she got hit by a car. And it was like the day after, like the two for one corn dog sale, like went away. And I made a stupid comment about like, man, no, people really want those corn dogs. And her family and friends and her like freaked out on me online. Like, how dare you make fun of our daughter with her broken leg? She's just sitting in the hospital. You don't remember this? I I think I vaguely remember this now. <laughs> and and now I don't remember why you told this story in the first place or brought this up. I I don't have no idea. Really? Yeah. You okay. mean right now why I brought it up or at the time why I brought it up? All right, we're going to go to Jason Barker's email. <laughs> Please, yeah, pull me out of I'm this. About to, I'm trying. <clears throat> I'm trying so hard. Okay. <laughs> you don't know the work that it takes <laughs> to edit all this out. Even no, in the moment. Oh, just to keep to your keep composure, you and not go off on me. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we talking about? I, I, I know, dude. This is this is you know my whole life. I just talk about stupid shit that nobody cares about. No, don't, don't go that. I don't. don't Get on that. I'm not being like, I'm not being like, oh, poor me. I'm just saying like, (laughs) like if I'm at, I over explain. Yeah. I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Okay. You know, you're doing, you know what the trigger is like how you'll know Mm -hmm. that you're doing Mm -hmm. it when you, Mm -hmm. uh, if you're paying attention, uh, realize how many times you are able to string the word like together. (laughs) And somehow make coherent sentences out of them. Mm-hmm. I don't even know I'm doing it. I know. You need to like. You just did I it. I just did it. <laughs> there. So fuck you, bro. I'm not lines. saying I don't ever do it. I have my problem. You know what my problem is? My ums. I mm. use um when I'm thinking about what to go to next or, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. I, and I do that too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Jason Barker. We just gave him a whole bunch to write about. We actually probably gave a lot of people. I'm thinking Bagel. Uh, mm-hmm. Give you guys some some content for your next email. All right. This is from Jason Barker. Uh, he says, well, this he sent us a couple emails. This is, yeah. am I reading the correct one? This is the number yes. two? Okay, cool. Yep. 
I reserve the right. Yep, I reserve the right to wait and listen to the song in the context of its full album before casting judgment and criticism. At first feel, though, it seems Pearl Jam has lapped themselves, now drawing inspiration from the decade that precedes their rise. Uh, or preceded their rise. Always the progressive band, akin to many of their peers from the 90s, they pushed the envelope and reached for the next style. And in this age of teens wearing Megadeth t-shirts and hip-hop reminiscent of Run DMC, on an attempt to be original, Pearl Jam takes our hand gently and leads us into a new landscape. The last train left to re-explore. The synthy, shiny glaciers of the 80s the era we have been trying to forget maybe it takes a band like pearl jam to pull the new and the old together i mean we couldn't just rely on a cover album from weezer to lead the way that's that's good i I like that um Mm. i look forward to the album as we as we all do I have no worries that this album will be exactly what it needs to be pearl jam has developed a fan base on trust and respect a fan base based on trust and respect. And with that, I too trust their choices as well. As a fan, I'm at the stage where I just enjoy what they make because it's them. And so damn glad they're still around to surprise us. You didn't ask, but whatever. Jay out. (laughs) (laughs) I like that take, man. I mean, I... Sounds like maybe he doesn't love it. Like, like some people do. But he's okay with that, and he's not going to, like, give it a bunch of shit. Yeah, well, I like that he said he's waiting to cast judgment until he hears mm-hmm. the whole record, which is um, a good way to look at it, because Pearl yeah. Jam is a band that makes albums, and they aren't always consistent with their singles representing right. the record that they're on, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's one of the things we love about them. So, I don't know. I thought I think that's a well articulated uh, middle of the road feeling about it, unless I'm reading him wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we've I also got- like his uh, subject line, which is just just random and doesn't have anything to do with anything. I once shot a Brad nail through my finger. That's the subject <laughs> line. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got uh, more thoughts. Who you got next? You got Matt. Matt uh, Stevens. I have another time? Matt. Yeah, Matt Stevens. Hello. Guy who doesn't write into podcasts here again. <laughs> um, and damn, I cannot wait for this new album. I love the new Pearl Jam slash Talking Head slash David Bowie single, Dance of the Clairvoyance. And I need the rest of this album. Shit. I'm sitting waiting for a Ticketmaster verified pre-sale email so I can go see the guys at MSG and going nuts. And I feel that no one can quite understand but you guys. Thanks for being awesome. And I can't wait to hear. Uh, I'm Brad. Uh, I'm Brad Lines, and I'm Brad Blazek saying I'm in love with the clairvoyants because they're out of this world. Philly Matt. Thanks, Philly Matt. Yeah, dude. I wonder if he got his tickets. Yeah. MSG was the. Hardest the show in town, and it always is whenever they play there. I I could imagine getting to see them to see them at the garden. That'd be so badass. Yeah, that was um, in my head before rumors of even Nashville and St. Louis. I was like, I guess we're going to New York this year because that's like if they're not coming near me, mm-hmm. I have to go to see them in New York, right? And then they announced New Nashville and St. Louis. Holy shit. Yeah. So 
I'd, uh, yeah. yeah. It would have yeah, been, it been cool if we'd gone up there, but yeah, that would have been quite the trip. Um, yeah, I, I do. I like that he points out the, and we'll get into all this more. I'm kind of staying quiet until we actually talk about the song, about mm. my personal feelings. But mm. I do like that he points out the, uh, he says, I love the new Pearl Jam slash Talking Heads slash David Bowie single. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very true. The funniest, I don't know if I sent it to you. There was a meme going around and it was David Byrne wearing that giant, yeah. like, and they put Eddie's, did I send you this? Yeah, put, yeah, Eddie's, put head. Eddie's face over David's face. I thought that was hilarious. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thanks, Matt. Appreciate it, dude. Who you got next? Uh, you yeah. have Aaron. Oh, next. I do. Sorry. Aaron Smith. Uh, his subject line is let's dance. Yeah. <laughs> Brad's since I talked to few fellow Pearl Jam nerds daily, I'm going to, I'm going to you guys to download my thoughts on the new single. My initial reaction, positive, positive. I think I like it. Not crazy about the synth or some of the drum production, but they don't ruin the song. That bass line is sick. Ed sounds great. And Mike's guitar groove in the second part of each verse the burn your assumptions part is the most interesting in my mind, maybe since severed hand that it's a mean fucking guitar part. I love, I will say that I love Mike's guitar on this song. I'm interested to hear this live. I could see Mike's guitar being a lot dirtier, rawer. I always felt like this was the case on you are, which also shows up, shows up better in the vinyl, something similar and a solo over the outro. Maybe me, uh, maybe just me, but those would be cool. Also, I'm sure you caught Stone was on bass. Perhaps this fulfills Blazik's fantasy and is paired with Mankind in Nashville. Uh, seriously, though, I could see them opening a show with this song. Waiting for more, Aaron. Yeah, man. I I agree with all that. Am I... I, I Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I, I had seen a couple of people say that this would be a cool opening song. And I hadn't thought of it until I, until I saw this, but I'm like, this would be, it would fucking, be, it could it be, be a, really yeah, cool. it could be a cool opener for sure. Yeah. Because that, the, the bass and drums intro and then the outro, which is the same, you, they could kind of jam over that. You know what I mean? Sure. So yeah, there's be, lots of room would, to play with. It's going to be interesting. Well, my my initial thought was always once I heard that Stone was on bass because I don't have XM Sirius whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, it was like okay, this is going to be like like Smile. It's going to be Stone on bass, and I bet Jeff will be playing. He'll have a little some sort of synth MIDI controller or something on stage and be playing that 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 first synth that high pitched synth that you hear at the beginning of the song so mm-hmm. i don't know maybe they'll be trading some shit up this time on tour a little bit more it just this one i don't know this single i will you know what i'm not going to talk about it yet let's get through the emails <laughs> okay because uh, i'll never stop so <clears throat> thanks aaron uh, uh thank you aaron um this comes from our buddy chris thomas and now this one you're going to have to sit and really listen because Chris gets pretty informational, but that's why I want to read this. Yeah. Because I, like I told you earlier, Chris is very smart, much smarter than me. And he like did the work for us. Mm. 
So, yeah. hi, Brad and Brad. I'm loving the new single and have been listening to it on repeats here and there. There are some really nice layers musically and lyrically. What I focused in on is the title itself and the term clairvoyance. I really had no idea what the term was or even the fact that you could use it as a noun. However, if you look up the definition, it can be used as a noun or an adjective. Noun, a person who claims to have supernatural ability to perceive events in the future or beyond normal sensory contact. An adjective, having or exhibiting an ability to perceive events in the future or beyond normal sensory contact. A simpler way to think of it is one who sees clearly. However, I don't think the guys are trying to imply anyone who they are labeling as a clairvoyant is, quote, one who sees clearly. I did a little more digging and found some cool stuff on Wikipedia. If you look up the term clairvoyance, I found the following statement. According to scientific research, clairvoyance is generally explained as a result of confirmation bias, expectancy bias, fraud, hallucination, self-delusion, sensory leakage, subjective validation, wishful thinking, or failures to appreciate the base rate of chance occurrences and not as a paranormal power. Ooh, that's a mouthful. (laughs) I think this is what is meant to be implied. We live under an administration that is so in denial of scientific fact that we continue to balk at the visions and plans to try to lessen climate change. The powers that be just keep stripping away all of the ideas that trying to adjust our lifestyles for the betterment of the planet is just a bunch of the, quote, tree-hugging left, unquote, attempting to throw up more red tape bureaucracy in the way of those trying to get things done. By getting things done, I mean corporations from continuing to fill their pockets rather than taking a step back and making sure they are being responsible to their own workforce and the environment around them. Sorry to get all political here, but I'm pretty convinced the guys are going to be very political on this year's tour. I hope by this time next year we have a different administration that isn't in as much denial as this one. Forced to endure what I could not forgive, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, dude. Love, I love, I love reading stuff like this because I just... I've told you before, I see stuff so like uh, one dimensional and very like on the surface. So when people like Chris, like really dig in deep, I, I love like hearing and reading stuff from that point of view, Right, you know? So, yeah, I love, I love, it'll get into when we talk into the, about the lyrics of the song a little bit later, mm-hmm. later but him pointing out the the definitions and then the connection to how it's scientifically thought of as, as things like confirmation bias. You know what I mean? Things right. that are um, not factual at all, things that can be easily manipulated. Like, right. you know, it's it's that's one of the other great things about YouTube is you can look up things like confirmation bias and have really smart right. people that understand it, explain it to you. And then, I don't know. I just, it's interesting. It's interesting stuff. Like all this, like all these terms that, that are from Wikipedia are just like, just kind of like eye opening, you know? Sure. Like you don't even, this isn't a political statement, but it's like, you see stuff on TV and you hear what the news is telling you and the, what advertisers are telling you. 
and you don't even think about it. You right. Know? Yeah. But then you read like what confirmation biases or, you know, self-delusion and that, that kind of stuff. Like, oh, <laughs> like they're like reaching into your brain and you don't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation too. Just like <laughs> what's happened yes. with advertising <clears throat> through smartphones and social media mm -hmm. and, and all that is, is, shouldn't be shocking at all. But we are so easily manipulated, like mm -hmm. all of us, me included. Uh, you know, yeah. that's one of the reasons why I don't fuck with a lot of that stuff anymore. But yeah, um, let's leave room to continue this conversation in context of the song, because that was the last yes. email. And uh, we thank yeah, you. Thank you, Chris. Thank everyone for emailing in. And if you would like to email, the email address is singlepodcasttheory at gmail.com. You can say hey on social media, and if you'd like to support the show, uh, head over to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash single podcast theory for all of that information. Do we have any Patreon news this week? We have a uh, a longtime patron, Al Frazier, bump, bumped his That's up right. and bumped up to the next level. So thank you again, Al. Thanks, man. For, 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 uh, hmm. Mm -hmm. Helping mm -hmm. out. Yes. Keeping this thing going. <laughs> I can't think of the word I want to say. Man. Uh, supporting us. That oh, was that was a tough one, huh? <laughs> someone someone needs to study your brain. Well, I kept thinking of provide, the word provide, and I'm like, that doesn't even thanks for providing <laughs> for us. I love now. that you couldn't come up with the word support. <laughs> As this guy has just decided to give more money than he was before. Right. He's providing. He's providing for He us. just went to the Patreon page and said, <laughs> click. No more. Yes. <laughs> Not giving these idiots he's, any more money. Yes. He's unproviding. No, but seriously. Thanks. Thanks so much, Al. Dude, I'm so excited. Can we talk about the song now? Can we please talk about the song no. now? No, no, we we've have got, some, we've got we more have stuff some to talk about. Program news. Okay, yeah, that's right. I forgot. My fault. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, Pearl Jam announced that they're going to have an opening performer with them on this U.S. or North American, I guess, North American. Yes. Tour, and it's Josh Klinghoffer. Yeah. Um, it's his like solo side project called Plural One. Formerly and, of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes, yes. He was he was just recently ousted. Well, unceremoniously well, kicked out. Dude, if Frusciante says he wants to come back, then <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just joking. I don't know any of the details of him leaving, but yeah, John Frusciante, the original, maybe. No, not he wasn't the original, but you know, he was oh, that's for right. most people, he was the kind of the right known OG, right? Well, he was on Blood Sugar Sex Magic, right? Yes, he played on that album, yeah. Okay, so anyway, but yeah, he's coming back, so um, anyway, yeah, uh, Plural One, he's got an album out, you can listen to it streaming everywhere and get ready for you know the shows. Yeah, so, and it does not sound think? like the Red Hot Chili Peppers at all. It does not sound like Red Hot Chili Peppers. Doesn't sound like Pearl Jam. Uh, 
So I need to listen to some more. I mean, I just listened mm-hmm. to like little snippets of a couple songs before we started yeah. taping, but um, yeah, I I I don't. I'm good. You're, you're good. I'm, I'm good. good. Yeah, it'll be I'm cool sorry. to see it live though. Should I? Should I? Uh, you be yeah. you, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> you be you. Um. All right. What else? <laughs> I don't know. Now can we talk about uh, tickets? Uh, Ticket? No, nope. Sorry. Um, I wanted to just talk about the fact that you know Pearl Jam had their Ten Club pre-sale, right? Uh, which we talked a little bit about last time because we we talked about how we we both got tickets for Nashville and St. Louis, and I, from what I could read, most people got what they. We're supposed to get, according to the rules, if you put in for best available, you probably got tickets. If you didn't and you just went for GA, you probably didn't get tickets. And then there's the, then there's the group of people that put in the wrong information or had tried to use two different Ticketmaster accounts. Um, and there was a lot of, you know, backlash from those people. Then we had the verified fan pre-sale and there was a lot of people freaking out because tickets went on sale and because there was so many tickets sold to 10 club there wasn't a lot of tickets available for the verified fan pre-sale and a lot of them were tickets behind the stage interesting and the like upper 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 level of these arenas so some unhappy people yes and then the public sale on friday i mean there's like nothing left after those two pre-sale dates so there's a lot of people online very upset you know i'm done with pearl jam i'm done with 10 club Ticketmaster sucks blah 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 very kind of like, I mean, okay. if you ask me, I get why people are upset. But at the same time, it's like, have you ever bought tickets for a concert? Like, they're hard to get. Yeah. And um, we had a listener named Chris Warren from Auckland. Mm-hmm. And he he wrote this on Facebook. It was funny because he wrote this on Facebook and I'm like, this dude gets it. I'm going to share this to our Facebook page. And I copied it and I didn't, I was going to ask him if I could, you know, permission to like read this. And like two hours later out of nowhere, cause I didn't ask him, I get a, a instant, I get a instant message from this guy. And he's just like, I love the show. You guys are great and I'm excited. And I posted something on Facebook and I just wanted to get your, your take on it. And I'm like, dude, like <laughs> I, just, I just saw this a few hours ago. I thought it was, I just thought it was cool that he like messaged me without yeah. knowing that I was like thinking of him. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to read this real quick. Okay. Cause I totally agree with this, this dude. He says things Pearl Jam totally did right on this U S tour. Uh, Same price for every ticket in the building. None of the crazy platinum prices up close for five times the price or seats that change in price according to demand. Have you heard of this platinum pricing? I never heard of this until 
uh, tool tickets went on sale a couple months ago. No. This is Ticketmaster deems certain sections and certain seats as platinum seating. And the tickets are like five times as expensive as a seat that could be in the row right behind you. Man. But these are like the premium seats. And do you know that they started charging like $50 more for an aisle seat? Really? Yeah. Wow. So. People, yeah. uh, There's none of that. Pearl Jam like cut all that out. Hmm. Um, And there's a thing that like a ticket today could be $200. And in a week, it's $100 or it's $300. Right. Like it changes day by day. Right. Depending on, I guess, whatever information Ticketmaster has, you know, mm-hmm. um, other than for shows where the state doesn't allow, I think it's New York and Connecticut, Colorado. There's two. There's New York and another state that don't uh, you. you. It's illegal to they have to be able to transfer tickets. But then the states that don't do that, there's basically no secondary market sales going on for these shows right now. That is really significant in this day and age. First, by having regenerating tickets, you can't just send a screenshot through StubHub. By partnering with Ticketmaster, they even shut down Ticketmaster's own dodgy resale bullshit. Fan exchange. This is another first. You can list your ticket and sell it for exactly what you paid. And Ticket Bastard doesn't get to charge you resale listing fees and the 15-something percent of the total sale cost. And to add to that, if you want to buy those tickets, it's the exact same price. Like Ticketmaster can't charge people more for those. Because it's, so it's basically like it's basically if StubHub was for face value. That's what Pearl right. Jam is making Ticketmaster do. Yeah. Um, super easy for 10 club members to enter the lottery, and you could literally view the ch- the changing odds of your selection. It was pretty clear that you're, that going in for GA was risky business. 10 Club allowed you to make multiple changes to your 10 Club submissions as your own plans changed or as the odds changed. All 10 Club... All 10 club lottery entries were responded to with your results before any other pre-sales started. There was only one public pre-sale and there were significant amounts of tickets for this. Unlike other shows where you have to sign up for 10 different pre-sale codes with each one only having a tiny amount of tickets. I don't know if you've you've probably never dealt with this, but mm-hmm. sometimes there will be like a fucking Chase Bank pre-sale, right. um, American Express pre-sale. Fucking Bank of America pre-sale. You know, there's like five different pre-sales and you have to be a member of whatever thing it is. And then, you know, there's only a certain amount of tickets for each of those pre-sales. Big so old was, money grab. Yeah. Overall, the entire thing from lottery entry results, verified fan, public sale ran according to the timeline specified by 10 Club. It was transparent and I appreciate that. Was it perfect? Maybe not. For example, I would have loved to know which section my 10 club seats were in, so I didn't feel pressure to look at the seats for public sales. I really feel that by partnering with Ticketmaster, sorry about that, they took a whole lot of the bullshit out of U.S. ticket buying. Yes, there were there was more demand than tickets available. Some people might miss out, but it sure wasn't the shit show of experience buying U.S. concert tickets before, and I am appreciative of that. 
They are using the Ticketmaster infrastructure while, cur while curbing the significant ex exploitative components of that system. I don't see other bands doing this. This is a good thing that will hopefully improve even more over time. So. Yeah, it's moving in the right direction. Totally. I just, I, I don't understand. I do understand being frustrated if you don't get tickets, but that's where it ends. What I don't understand is people being so upset that they don't realize like, look, there's only so many tickets available and there's more, more people that want tickets, you know? So if you didn't get tickets, that's because a billion other Pearl Jam fans did get tickets. Right. You know, you were just unlucky this time. And I'm not saying that like, haha, I got tickets. I would be pissed too, but I wouldn't be pissed at Pearl Jam or 10 club or even Ticketmaster. The, 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 the way they set up the system, it worked. I mean, the only one issue was that fucking email saying that <laughs> you, you did, sorry, you didn't get tickets after we did, but within an hour or two, they took care of it. Yeah. You know, they send that sent out saying it was a glitch and you're getting your tickets. So I don't know. I just, this dude had some really good common sense, um, you know, information. Sure. Yeah. I didn't know all that was going on. Oh dude. Yeah. You missed out. No, it didn't. So thank you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. One more thing. All right. Come on. Eddie, apparently hosted, um, what do you call it? A review? Listening party. A, a party. Well, a little a listening, listening party. release party. Yeah. Yes. A listening re release party um, in LA, what, Friday, Friday night? Um. Do you know what this Dolby Atmos sound is? Uh, specifically, no. Okay, I don't either. But apparently, it's some like super sound uh, setup, and that's what how they played. And I, I guess Eddie was like behind the behind the bar pouring tequila shots. Right yeah, now. I read about that. Could you imagine going to a party and it's Eddie is you know going to a bar and it's Eddie's your bartender playing his brand new album? Yeah. You're listening to um, it in the line for tequila <laughs> shots from Eddie Vedder. Right, right. Yeah. That's trippy. Um, I, I'm not going to obviously read the whole thing, but I do want to say that I do want to read this uh, little part of it. This is the reporter saying, produced by the group in tandem with longtime collaborator Josh Evans, the 12-track Gigaton is arguably the band's strongest and most diverse work since 1998's Yield, quote unquote. Hell yeah. That's fucking crazy. He just he goes on and talks about each track. It, it, it it's a really interesting review. Um and it just gets me way more excited about the whole the whole album yeah i'm super i think i might be more excited about this than i was about lightning bolt yeah oh, and, I, and I love that am. record yeah but whoo okay um i'm just I, I like to hear that the similarly propulsive super blood wolf moon featuring a sizzling mike mccready yes. like fuck dude yes yes Super Blood Wolf Moon has to be 
like a hard rock song. I would have been really upset if that was just like, you know, a minute and a half of Eddie like doing weird howling noises. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm uh I'm excited <laughs> to hear that song. Dude. It's gonna be I mean and then that that test pressing Instagram story had the mm-hmm. had the yeah kind of the, the noise the or whatever intro. and then yeah Matt's hi hat count off. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's gonna it's gonna open up like a just reminds me of verses, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. and Vitology actually. Mm-hmm. But what well, says it begins with the driving rocker, whoever said. So if we're gonna start with a driving rocker and not like, you know, sometimes or uh uh you know, just something slower. I, I like when they like you said, like verses. Yeah. Open with so, opening with go yeah. or last exit. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I'm down uh, the other thing about this um <laughs> this uh story is it was a it's a variety story, the 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 website variety. Mm-hmm. I think that every single person posted this on their Facebook, and I'm included. So I I I don't think anyone has not seen this i seriously doubt it (laughs) glad we covered it though yeah yeah for the two people listening that didn't that don't have facebook right um okay now can we talk about the song yes (laughs) all right dance of the motherfucking clairvoyance let's Mm -hmm. talk about it all right so i've i let's set the stage here for Brad B. I want to know kind of how this went down. So how'd you listen to the song first? Um, like we said earlier, I stayed up late Tuesday night and yep. listened to it on uh, Sirius XM, mm-hmm. um, which they, they had uh, stone kind of, they played a little sound clip of stone explaining how the song was written, which is really cool. Why don't to we hear that? Why don't we, why don't we go ahead and listen to that then? Right. I wonder what that sounded like. Hmm. Let me set the stage. It's like 11. <laughs> hey, this is Stone Gossard from Program Dance with Clairvoyance. This song started out with a Mac Cameron electronic drum beat. And I came down and was messing around with bass. So we just started kind of throwing it down and we came up with this A and B section for the song. So a few weeks later, unbeknownst to me, uh, Jeff Amon came in and threw on that arpeggiating keyboard line. And then I was like, oh my God, that's great. Mike McCready came in and and put that guitar part over the top of it, which was completely, it's an unbelievable guitar part in terms of the the variety and the melody he gets out of three notes. And it really was at that point really striking us as like something that was exciting and really fun and different. It wasn't uh, much later than that that Ed sort of put on the first rough vocal that had almost all the elements that are in the final vocal. I guess the last element that, that kind of went down was in the end, Matt uh, decided, and, and I think that with the band's approval, that he was gonna um, he was gonna play his drum machine part. And so uh, the drums that you hear on the track are, are real drums. I think there's an electronic hi hat um, still mixed in there, but all the the beat that's a live Matt Cameron track to almost sound like a drum machine is um, really a tribute to how great he is 
Um, we're really proud of it. And I think that the words, uh, they're just so compelling to me. I have a different reaction to them each time. So it's a real exciting song from the band, and we're really proud of it. This is Dance of the Clairvoyance on Sirius XM's Pearl Jam Radio. So you listened to that go down. Yes. And then you heard the song. And then I heard the song. And what was what was cool was like uh, – just listening to him talk about it. He sounds excited. Like, yeah. Which is a good sign. I think my biggest takeaway was that these are real drums. Uh, well, at the end, yeah. What do you mean? Uh, we, yeah, we can kind of, I could point it out maybe as, cause we're going to listen through the whole song as well. Yeah. It starts with the programming, but as you go on the song, you can listen, if you're listening really closely by the end of it, uh, it's real drums and. Oh, I took it as he like tuned his drums to sound like electronic drums mm -mm. for the whole thing. Nope. No. Okay. No, no. Like, so. They kind of mix. They kind of mix in. I don't know. Yeah, the top of the song, like those first couple of verses, it's just straight mm -hmm. up samples, right? Okay. Like that gated snare sound, that tight, uh, that tight kick. Uh, mm -hmm. That's total kind of like eight oh eighty hi hat thing going on. Okay. Uh, that's that's all programming. But and I think Stone was just referencing it. So as you listen to the song, especially by the end, when it gets to that kind of outro bridge thing, it's you can hear him start doing little little places where you can hear it's a real hi hat because he does like doom, like that yeah. kind of stuff. And so he's he's playing on top of all that programming. It's a really cool layered thing. Like if you listen to yeah. it with headphones on, you can hear in the left speaker. There's a couple just where it's just floor toms and like a cymbal doing some re like really simple rhythms, but the drum machine's still going. You can he start hearing some overheads and the cymbals and stuff coming in toward the end of the song, the way they layered this fucking thing and Josh Evans that produced it. I, I need to look mm -hmm. and see who mixed it, but yeah. it sounds, sounds really good. They did a great job with that. Yeah. Uh, my first very first reaction was I didn't love Eddie's vocals, hmm. but after listening to it, you know, 10 times that first night and then all day the next day and figuring out that what he's trying to do, talking heads, David Byrne, David Bowie kind of thing. Then I was like, Oh, okay. I get it now. I get what he's going for. Yeah. I had it just took me a couple of listens and people's other people's reactions to be like, oh, well, yeah, that makes now that makes sense to me. And I fucking love it. Right. Yeah, I had a um, very I'm going to be honest with you. I was super bummed for the first 20 seconds of the song The f on the mm -hmm. first listen. I was like, right. Oh, no. All my worst fears have come true. <laughs> oh, no. Pearl Jam is trying to be cool. There's a fucking drum machine, and I have no problems with drum. I love drum machines. Yeah. It's not like a snobby kind of thing. I was just like, mm -hmm. please, God, no, we need you so bad to put out some music <laughs> that fucking, 
rocks. says something and means something and and yeah. I don't even care if it quote unquote rocks like yeah and I just I don't know I got real scared for a minute but now I can't believe how much I love this song mm-hmm. I fucking love this song yeah and I, I it still shocks me that I do because elements of it on paper i should be like no no mm-hmm. why would you do this right like <laughs> no don't do don't be david byrne you know what i mean and he's mm-hmm. not actually but it all i just feel like the songs really and the more i listen to the songs the lyrics hit me at different times it seems like every listen I think it's a really brilliant lyric. Mm-hmm. I would not be bummed if this was not an hour outlier. If they were gonna like just go for mm. it in this way for a record, wow! Based on the single, I would be totally fine with that. Yeah, I stand by. It. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I I love the song. I always loved it. I didn't believe this was Pearl Jam when I first heard it. When we had this like just random YouTube video that said, is this the new Pearl Jam song? I'm like, that ain't Pearl Jam. Like, this is crazy. But then it turns out it is, you know? Yeah. But I always liked it. I love that. Fu- I love the drums and I love that bass line, you know? Sure. Uh, it just took me a minute to get into Eddie's vocals, but now I just. Oh, I God. It. It. The vocals are groove. so good. Let's just go ahead and yeah. listen to it and then we can. All right. Is that cool? Sure. It's just I just want to listen to it again. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> All Now you can you hear this like real drums sneaking in there now on top of the programming. Yeah. God, that guitar and his vocal. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. 
I can just see Eddie doing some kind of weird dance with his arms oh, yeah. up and down and you know yeah when he does there's the- that there's just a there's a classic gif of him dancing yeah you know yeah <laughs> that's totally. what i see when i hear him singing this i'm in love with clairvoyance cuz they're out of this world what a funny lyric i'm in love with clairvoyance cuz they're out of this world that's fucking funny <laughs> i love it That's that is so talking heads. That that stand yeah. back thing. It's amazing. Well, and that bridge is kind of like David Bowie, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. He's he's got a little bit of that David Bowie to his voice. Yeah, and some of the harmonies are kind of Bowie esque. Yeah. <laughs> this like this whole layered thing of the outro yeah. lyrics and the bridge lyrics and the chorus it's like the just the um the production is just insane yeah man they and did a good stand job back when the spirit comes is like all i've had running through my head for the last four days okay there's so many more things I want to say about this song, but I will say that <laughs> that moment that I was like, oh, okay, hold on a second, was I remember sitting on my couch, it coming through my speakers, and I was doing it through the Apple TV, mm-hmm. so it had lyrics on on the screen, oh, kind of cool. scrolling through. Well, right, and it there was this moment but where probably they could be wrong. Well, no, no, no. There's this moment before they got to that outro bridge where he starts singing, I know all the girls want to dance. And the way it was on the screen, all I could see was uh, that that was coming up. That line was coming up. And I was like, just something in me was like, oh, no, is he writing like lyrics? Is this going to be like all the girls dancing in the club? kind of like some weird kind of fucking thing going on. And then the next line hit, and I was like, oh, boom, I think I get this. And then I, mm-hmm. I let it play out, and then I, I listened to it for a second time. <laughs> and the whole context of it, that so much of this is kind of tongue-in-cheek, and yeah. um, that the, at the beginning, what I hated so much, I never hated the programming. It was that fucking synth. I hated mm-hmm. it. 
And now that I kind of, yeah, now that I understand kind of its role in the whole thing that I, and that's after digging into the lyrics, that's, the song is not just layered like we were just talking about and you were pointing out with the production, like Mm -hmm. at the end, for example, or even how they've layered, uh, they started with programming and start layering in r- real drums by the the time you get like halfway through the song, but conceptually in the lyrics, the whole thing's very layered and it doesn't. You can take just he's so good at hitting with just one phrase, like, and he makes you hear important parts. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. you could kind of be mm-hmm. lost on like, let me pull up the lyrics real quick. Give an example. Uh, what did I do with him? What did I do? Here we go. Where he says, oh, you know, his vo- his vocal kind of goes up on this, the second verse, and he does the not one man can be greater than the sum into mm-hmm. that whole it's not a negative thought, I'm positive. Um, yeah. but, but what came before it was the looser things get, the tighter you become, the looser things get tighter. Not one man can be. You know what I mean? Those those first lyrics are these those vague kind of lyrics that he knows how to do. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. Kind of speaking yeah. in these kind of riddles or whatever. But right. I, I feel like when he does want you to hear something, it's matched with where the song is. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hope that. Oh, there's makes just sense. there's the lyrics are kind of dense. Like there's a lot going on. Yeah. In, in these verses and f- the phrasing of them. Yeah. I mean, he says so much about like, and again, he, I mean, I have no idea what he's actually talking about, right? I don't either. But like I said, <laughs> I know that for me, like when I get to the chorus and I read along the lyrics along with the song, and he sings that expecting perfection leaves a lot to ignore, which just that line on its own is like, it makes you stop and think, or it does for Mm -hmm. me anyway. That's a fucking Mm -hmm. great way to illustrate like that perfectionist kind of thing means that you're just, you're just focusing in on this one thing when the rest of the world is kind of exists around you at the same time. You know what I mean? The leaving a lot mm-hmm. to ignore. But then when he does the, when the past of the present is the present and the future is no more. Uh, I, that's the, that's the line I latch on to. Um, and it kind of goes back to what Chris was saying about like politics. Like the, the past is now that, you know, that's Trump's whole thing is like, we want to, we want the past. We want the fifties to be what America is again. It's so you funny know? that that's and what, and what we thought the future was going to be. The future is no more. That's how I read it. I don't know if that's what Eddie's saying, but I think in the political climate of America today, that's that line is perfect. Now, maybe he wasn't going for that, but that's cool too, that you don't know if that's what he's talking about or not. Well, that's amazing because that's what you took from it. What I, what it, it makes me think of is the, all this like cancer, cancel culture bullshit, right? Mm. Like the, the mm-hmm. left, this, this segment of the left has gone so far left that like, you can't even, you have to be perfect to be a liberal or a, 
Democrat right. or whatever. Yeah. And that whole expecting perfection leaves a lot to ignore. Like you're ignoring, you're ignoring the good, uh, the good too. Have, you know what I yeah, mean? Because yeah. you're honing in on this one thing. And then when the past is the present, I, I immediately thought of people trying to get, again, the cancel culture thing, people getting canceled right. because something they tweeted one time tweeted nine years, years ago, ago. Right, and right, now yeah. it's in their face again, and they're completely different mm -hmm. people. And who gives a shit? People, that's the thing about people being able to have their, just, just fucking spit out their thoughts all the time, is that most of your thoughts stay in your head for a reason, because humans think really crazy shit sometimes. <laughs> no. Right? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. if Don't, everyone dude, had to project, who are you talking to? if everyone had to project everything that went on in their brain, all the little random thoughts or whatever, we mm. would all be classified as <laughs> complete and total psychopaths. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of what's been happening. Is like, there's no room to grow. There's no room to learn from an experience. There's no room to look back at ten years ago and go, "Wow." you know, be, be thoughtful about it and say, man, things have moved in a good way because I would never say that now in today's culture or climate. But instead it's like, Oh fuck. Have I ever said anything bad my entire life? Mm. And you don't even have to really mean it. You could be, you misspoke or you cho chose your words badly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it, and yeah. it totally diverts everyone from, what the actual goals should be. And I, I don't know. That's what that course makes me think of. Right. And it's cool that you, and when you described the way, you, what it made you think, I was like, damn, yeah. Blazy's fucking yeah, smart. Too. I never thought I'm, that actually makes way more sense. Anyway. No, um, I mean, it's, it just depends on, that's what's so great about Eddie and his words is like it, they, they can mean, both things, right? You're the what you described could be exactly what he's talking about, right? Yeah, maybe. But I love that I, I kind of love that I don't know. Mm -hmm. I guess I would like to know what he exactly he was trying <laughs> to to get across. But it's like Stone said, like like what's been said. I think someone said it in the email as well earlier these lyrics so far make me think well that's all i have to say they make me think and i like that a lot mm -hmm. and, yeah. I, and i do yeah. find something a little bit different every time and i've it sounds right. like a song that a year from now we could revisit it and go i could think it means a completely different thing mm -hmm. and that's what i love about his writing specifically lyrically let's talk about that fucking mike mccready guitar part <laughs> yeah motherfucker I mean, to me, that's a lot of the Bowie. It reminds me of Stevie Ray with Bowie. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, yeah. I didn't thought about that, but yeah, you're it's totally a total right. like let's dance kind of yeah kind of vibes going on. And it's, I mean, of course, I love when Mike has like a blistering solo, but it's cool when it's just a simple, subtle, you know, guitar lick. It sounds it's, like it. it but I'll be honest with you, man, and I haven't had I haven't had time to really dig into it, but Yeah. Um hold on. Now I can't I didn't have time to and I don't have the pedals necessarily to totally mm -hmm. mimic his 
Because I think he's got. That's all right. He's got. Just do whatever you were doing earlier. It sounds. It sounded good. Um. What is it? Like that's the the main. What's complicated is it sounds so repetitive, and it is. But he, throughout the track, it's almost like he never plays anything exactly mm-hmm. the same again. Right. It was, it's, yeah. Because he starts on that F, it's just all on F sharp with the octave. Like, uh, if you're a guitar player nerd, if you haven't already figured it out, it's A string, ninth fret, and then 11th fret on the G string just because for an octave. And then it just goes up to the, the A. But then he ends up, you know, up here. doing all that kind of shit with all those like Mike uh, what does he do <laughs> all those little licks that he throws in at random yeah. times in there um, but it's so fucking cool that other than the chorus as far as Mike's concerned he's just fucking riding an F sharp minor like he never He's never moving with kind of the chords divine, defined by the bass part, which is like F F sharp D B and A. It's just those four four no, four notes in the in the verses. It's moving everywhere, but he's just sitting on top. All that kind of shit. It's mm-hmm. so cool that he could just stay in one position. And basically, only and I, play three or four notes the whole song. Yeah, and it's fucking and I killer. love that. That's what that's the thing. Like, I love the band. I love the song that's going on underneath Eddie's singing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Sorry, I'm putting my guitar back. No, you're good. But yeah, I mean, I just like again. It starts with that bass and drum groove, and then that little dirty beep. That, that comes in and just rides the whole song out. Well, and that's and the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is like what you're saying is so that I just gave like a little snippet of an example of the guitar part on its own, right? And how it was just that one chord. And I don't, I have not sat down with the bass part, but um, mm. right? Like mm-hmm. he's just. Play it. He's just that's, that's like what it. a kid would play. That's <laughs> right. Like mm-hmm. it's so simple, but and that's why that's why I absolutely love hearing Stone talk about. I was just goofing around with his bass line, and then Matt came in, and then. Uh, Jeff came in with this little, you know what I mean? Like that's how they built the song and it's turned into a really cool song that's based on like three super simple instrumentations that, that bass is the same throughout that drum. The drums are pretty much the same throughout. He's got some like ghost notes and weird stuff going on, but it's pretty much the same. And then Mike, like we said, is just riding those three notes throughout the whole song. It's it's incredible. Yeah. And the chorus isn't complicated either. It's not like mm-hmm. it just kind of opens up in that chorus. 
uh, and I like the chorus more and more every time I hear the song. It, it, it's another good example. Every time I listen to Eddie sing and his lyric, and I think, man, how does he like? How does he do this? I I write songs. Uh, a lot of my friends write songs. A lot of them are really fucking good at writing songs. But he is does something else. And it he says it. There's a quote. I can't remember if it's in Pearl Jam 20. Uh, it might. I don't remember where it came from. But he talks about when the band has a song or Stone has a riff or whatever. He tries to think, where like where am I? Where does this music make place me where does it make me Mm -hmm. feel like i am does it make me feel like i'm on the beach does it make me feel like i'm in the gutter in 1970s new york you know what i mean like what is it and then how he's able to pull off a song like this that is so out of character for the band and do it in a way that i don't think is cheap or cheesy or again like trying to be cool that's what I always I, loved about them is they don't try and yeah. be cool. Yeah. They reinvented cool in the 90s and then just stayed themselves. And now the sound is so completely different, but it still feels like Pearl Jam in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what do you think the rest of the fucking album is going to be like, dude? I think it's not going to be as crazy as this. It's I not. think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be... I... I feel like it's, I hate to say more of the same, because I don't think it's going to be more of the same, but I think it's going to be, I mean, it's going to sound like Pearl Jam, yeah. but hopefully there's going, hopefully this song captures the whole spirit of the whole album, that each song may sound a little more like Pearl Jam than this does, mm-hmm. but hopefully each song has a little tweak that's more in the spirit of what this song is. Does that make sense? Sure. Well, and now that we've heard this single, which I I do still, I, I agree. I still think it's going to be an outlier on the record. I don't think the record's going to mm-hmm. sound like this. But right. what is exciting is that if listening to it just from a production standpoint, you know, I know it's probably the title is, it, it's probably credited as Pearl Jam and Josh Evans. I'm getting that name right, aren't I? Josh yeah. Evans? Yep. Um, yes. But he did a fucking great job with all the, just what it takes to make this song feel the way it does from kind of a, a mix and engineer standpoint. It's not simple. It's not... Um, and this is... I'm not dogging what I'm about to say because it's kind of how I work. It's, it's not... Get the uh, get the drums tuned and get the mics where we like them, and then that's kind of our setup. And the band's going to make a record, and the drummer's going to come in here and play. And you know he's got his amps and he's got his amp wall of amps. Blah blah blah. We'll probably do some overdubs. This is like constructing and building, building and layering in a way that I don't think, other than something like WMA, maybe. I don't right. think they've really done at least in a very long time. And that's pretty exciting. Well, let me, let me read what is in this, the article about, uh, let's see the song called seven o'clock, which evokes trippy pink Floyd vibes and finds Eddie in full falsetto as the song winds down. Um, 
and this is Josh Evans talking, that one started as a jam early in the recording sessions, and then they moved on and did other things. We went through and pulled out a bunch of different cool moments and cut them together, and then the band layered a bunch of new things on top of it. So it it sounds like that song, in addition to what we've already heard, is the production of layering things on top of these songs. Yeah. That... That's exciting to me. Yeah, this isn't sure. going to be uh, 10, you know, right. verses right. In, in the production part of it. Um, and just um, knowing you and Clint the last few years, like I'm getting a different sense of what production means and the value of it and listening to quote unquote production on albums. That shit I've never done before in my life. Right. Um, so cool. I'm super excited to hear these songs because of that, you know? Well, and you know what, why, uh, another reason that's exciting to me is that that means that they had to collaborate mm-hmm. it, like in a very real way past and, it, and I'm not knocking this either, but, but their kind of workflow had always, or had become Yes, everyone brings in ideas and all that kind of stuff, but it's obvious on a lot of records where, okay, here's Eddie's songs. Like, you could not even, you could not look at the songwriting credits and listen to the records and go, okay, this is probably a band song. They probably, yeah, this is probably something like Stone or Jeff brought this riff in. Okay, that's definitely, and Eddie brought this song in, done. You know what I mean? Like, whereas it sounds like we might be getting a lot of what they described with this single, which is it started with a fucking drum loop, right? Mm -hmm. So for people that don't make music, that's really exciting to think about your favorite band being in the same space and the drummer just pulling up a fucking drum loop that on its own, it, it is super cool hearing what it became you know what i mean mm-hmm. through all yeah. of them not even playing their main instruments just adding yeah. to the soundscape that's what's even cooler that's fucking song. cool man and I, I mean you might know better than me but this is like this is, this is like the way stone described it that's like what you see in like a bad movie right about yeah. a rock band it is like that doesn't happen you know what i mean yeah like all right guys let's just play something the drummer just like starts a beat and then the the bass player like starts playing a bass line with him and you know what i mean like that doesn't happen in real life but a song like this and the way he describes how it happened mm-hmm. it totally sounds real like yeah. that's really how it happened yeah when you can even now that I you know, now that I know that it's Stone on bass, you can hear that it's Stone in his note choices, or I can. It's like it comes back. I think I said this way early on, you know, in the first of a couple episodes, or when we did the Stone episode. One of the reasons why Stone has always been one of my favorite guitar players is because of his note choices and how he voices chords. It makes things a little bit more interesting. And it's a little bit dark, and I can hear that in that bass line. You know, it's nice, man. Yeah, I've, I'm, I don't have that kind of ear. The only time I can ever like tell, 
like, oh, that's so-and-so playing is if I have my iPod on shuffle and a live Pearl Jam song comes on, as soon as the drums start, I can pretty much say, oh, this is, that's, that's Dave or that's Jack. Oh, right. Sure. Because it's, there's just such a distinct difference between those three dudes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I do want to, the fact that Matt, here's one thing that I think only Matt could do, which is play so fucking tight, so mm-hmm. fucking on the beat, because to play with a really stagnant click, like metronome drum beat. Right, that's not what rock bands normally do, and that's not what rock drummers normally do. But Matt is that really surgical. He mm-hmm. can fucking make that drum, that that drum programming beat feel real good on a kit. And you kind of you have to listen really closely. The way they they slowly crept his drum kit in throughout the song, it's like it's hard to tell when it started coming in. Right, it's just like before you know that's- it, there's a kit. <laughs> That's one of the like biggest takeaways is just of us doing this show. Like I've always liked Matt, you know, I always thought he's a good drummer, great drummer, but man, the more I'd like dig into these songs and what he's doing, mm-hmm. I'm just like, this dude is a genius because like, it's crazy, man. It's, it's all the like weird outlier songs are the ones that he wrote. Mm hmm. You know? Yeah. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> you know, and listening to like, I would never listen to his solo album. You know what I mean? But because of the show, us doing this, it's like, I need to listen to that and really listen to it. And I love it. Like, I love his solo album that came out like, what, a year ago? Yeah, it's good, man. Ago. It's cool shit. But I don't think I ever would have like discovered that. I would just have been like, oh, that guy put out a solo record, like, whatever. But I, it's he's he's just he's a genius he's got a good brain Mm -hmm. that's for sure i mean i think i mentioned this a couple episodes back but i i was i I need to get the rust out on drums i haven't been playing a lot of drums and i feel Mm -hmm. like my kick foot's getting kind of shitty and so i put on some pearl jam stuff and i actually haven't spent a whole lot of time playing along to records like that it's been a yeah. real long time. Yeah. And Matt is so sneaky. Like I would <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll just warm up and I'm like, man, I know uh something off binaural. There's a lot of kind of straight ahead stuff. There's a lot of crazy shit in there too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh I don't know. Maybe something like insignificance. And then you start playing and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. This shit's really <laughs> thought out and hard. And it, but yeah. it sounds effortless and simple, like something that you could warm up with. And it's like, no, I got to go back to school for this one. He kind of right. sneaks that kind of <laughs> shit in there. He makes yeah. it sound easy. Yeah. And I like seeing, when I do peek onto Instagram, I like to see him, how he hangs out with like jazz guys. And he hangs out with right. blues guys. And, you know, it's not just him and a bunch of uh, other 50-year-old metalheads. Or yeah. hard rock guys. Like he 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 digs into all kinds of music and it comes out in his playing, you know. Anyway. End of Matt Cameron rant. 
But what he did on this is pretty dope. Yeah, it's cool. All right, well, should we wrap it up? I think so. I could really talk about this for a lot longer. I, <laughs> I really could, but we're not I going know. to. I, I, yeah, I love it. I just God, love was this so was much. This, this was total Lions Ramble episode, wasn't it? No, that's all right. Was it? No, you don't oh, ramble. Oh, God. If, no. Am I going to die when I edit this tonight? I'm going to listen back <laughs> to myself and be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, dude, you're fine. It's 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 this end you gotta worry about corn in more ways than one. <laughs> That's a fucking fact. Look uh, at me. I I put a poop joke in there. I went all Brad B for a second. All right, let's get out of here. I'm, I'm sure enough. we're gonna have tons more to talk about next week. Um, uh, yeah. All right. You got anything else? Mm -mm. I'm going to see Tool on Wednesday. You should come. Oh, it's your birthday, yeah. right? It's your birthday. Hey, everybody. Wednesday, right? Oh, God, it is, isn't it? Yeah, the 29th. It's Wednesday, my birthday. January 29th. Brad Lyons' birthday. Uh, That's hit right. him up on the Instagram. That's the only social media that he sees or he looks at. It's true. So, Wednesday. January 29th. Um, it's an important day. Yeah. It's a real important to, day. I would love for you to come watch Tool with me. You're going to be in Nashville, in though. Nashville. Yeah, in I, Nashville, can't, I can't yeah. do that. I got lots of work this week. Yeah, but I know. Take take a, a picture for me. I will. I'll send you a picture. All right, cool. Well. Me and, me and, me and Maynard and Clint. Just hanging. Just, just hanging out. Yeah. I'm going to make I'm going to make Clint. Uh, hang out by the buses after the show for three hours oh, in hopes well, that guess we what get Clint won't Adam. be doing <laughs> hanging out by the buses after the tool show I can tell you that much right now I know I know <laughs> so all right well I hope you enjoy it I'll talk to you before Thank then you. but until next week I'm Brad Lyons and I'm Brad Blazek saying not one man can be greater than the sum it's not a negative thought. I'm positive. 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 <laughs> positive. Positive. I can't do it. Bye. All right. Goodbye. Happy birthday. Thanks. This is the reporter saying, produced by the group in tandem with longtime collaborator, collaborator Josh Eden, Evans. <laughs> Will you, I'm sorry. Will you just start that over? <laughs> Collabor collabor collaborator. It's a collaborator. Uh, Until next yeah. week, I'm Brad Lyons. And I am Brad Blazek. Uh, not one man. Did I fuck up? What did I did I say that wrong? I did. Can we start again? Yep. Say, say I'm Brad Lyons. <laughs> Until next week, I'm Brad Lyons. <laughs> and I'm Brad Blazek saying, not one man can be greater than the sum. I'm not a negative. It's not a negative thought. Oh, my positive. God. Positive, positive. There, I said it. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, let's let your laughter calm down and we'll do another take of it. <sighs> let me take a drink. Yeah. Why don't you do that? All right.